0: Welcome, fans, to a live and historic edition of the Cheap Heat Productions Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jack Kilby, Executive Vice President of Great North Wrestling, and we are here today for a potential debate for the ages. And what I mean by that is, will Booker T answer the challenge of this man Hall of Famer in waiting, Ahmed Johnson, the first black Intercontinental Champion and a man who has some information to depart to the public about some of the comments of Booker T. But before we get to Ahmed, I must introduce Mr. Cheapete Maurice. Yes, well, I'm not
1: going to hold it. I'm not going to hold the spotlight too long, but we're going to start off in a positive tonight. A positive note tonight anyway, Tony, and I just seen today you were officially announced for WrestleCon, something that the fans would be really excited for. So do you want to tell people about WrestleCon this year in Philly?
2: Yeah, WrestleCon. I I this is my first WrestleCon I've been to in Philly. I just left Philly a few months ago and um they booked me up there again. So they must have liked it with my life as the words of Mark Henry, my three fans that came out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They must have liked me. So they booked me back again. And that's another thing I want to get on subject about is Mark Henry.
1: Okay, well, Um, go ahead.
2: Floor is yours. Well, if he he came up with these lies, man, lie after lie after lie. Now, he don't want me to tell a story about him in Germany trying to get with a 15-year-old. Now, he don't want that told, I bet you. And I have, the the she's not 15 anymore. Been texting me, and I have her phone number and everything. And she can tell you the story herself about Mark Henry. But, uh, you know, he just, McGill Gorilla, I don't know. He's he like a gorilla to me. If you put a picture of a silverback gorilla next to Mark Henry picture, they look just alike. They look just like he's a big, lazy gorilla. The only thing he's famous for is kissing a ninety year old lady. That's the only thing people know him for.
0: And fathering
2: hands. What's her name? The lady.
0: May-, May Young. May Young. Yeah.
2: Yeah, May Young. That—that's what he's known for clown and stuff, always clowning. You can't name one show that I clowned on or where they asked me to lure myself and clown. But here he is, you know, trying to date 15-year-olds and doing what he do, and he still didn't learn. You keep my name out your mouth, or I'll keep your name out my mouth. You shut up. No, I'll shut up. But if you come at me, brother, you can believe I'm going to strike back.
1: What's what's um what's Mark Henry's beef with you would you Ahmed? I haven't seen that. You want now? What's Mark Henry's beef with you at the moment?
2: I have no idea. Like I said, when well when I left, if you guys noticed, when I left, the nation just dissolved. It disappeared. There was no more good nation matches. There was nothing that Vince could do with the nation, so he you know broke them up. And I think that's what he's mad about me about is when I left that they dissolved. You know, Fruit went his way, which did a good job with AMP. You know, Thomas went his way, Deal went his way, and the Magilla Gorilla went his way. So you know, I, I don't. I have mean. I don't have any idea what he upset me about.
0: Well, it seems. It seems to be in terms of, um, you know, people taking shots at you, that it, it can come from left field. And just to recap the situation with with Booker T up until his uh, podcast comments recently, um, he, he had indicated that he was aware that that you had some concerns with how he has been referring to you. He was aware that you challenged him to a physical altercation, and he was aware that you had challenged him to this debate in this forum, which uh, for the record, his people are aware of this debate exercise and have the information to join, but we'll see if he he uh, chooses to accept or not. But in, in his last podcast appearance, he said basically that uh, he would not be... Uh, engaging in physical combat with you, but if you saw each other, it would be on. He would not, uh, you know, uh, charge you with anything or or go to a lawyer or whatnot. He did say that he had nothing to uh, debate you about, given the the breadth and scope of his career. And he also uh, mentioned that, contrary to um, what what you have said, that in 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 fact. You were the one that, that created the animosity with him, and he ended up by uh, making some other uh, derogatory comments about yourself that that I don't need to repeat. So just just to give you an opportunity to respond to those, sir.
2: Well, first of all, I, I think he's mad about a comment I said, and he they, they took it totally out of content, what I said. I never said I was trying to sandbagging. I was talking about me being there overweight, can barely breathe, you know what I'm saying? Can barely be under the spot. I just, that was my fault as far as our match went, you know? Because I, I was there, man, I was so out of shape, man. I couldn't even breathe, I'm telling you. It was hard to breathe. So, I mean, I did the best I could do at that time. But, you know, it was my fault and... um I, I I'll take that mistake, but the comments he made, now that's something else. Now you're on a different ball game. And you know, he made them comments and and talked trash about me, whatever. And I don't see how he thinks he can talk trash about anybody. Anybody. While well, I was receiving the most distinguished undergraduate uh, trophy at my, my basic training camp. He was in prison. You know, and all the things I've done compared to what he's done, it doesn't even match up. It doesn't even match up. Yeah, he went to WWF, WCW won tag team belts, WWF won a a couple of belts. But we all know that's for real wrestling, you know. But um, I, I just, I've accomplished a lot more in life than he has.
1: I can tell you for a fact that the next time, and I can go on the record and saying this, and I'm sure that you guys are going to be under the same roof at WrestleCon and may end up crossing paths there.
2: It may be. Maybe. Mm. And like you said, uh, he ain't going to, you know, I don't know what he said about it. He's not going to run or, or whatever he said. I never asked you to run. As long as you keep my name out your mouth, I'll keep my name out your mouth, my mouth. But you want you know talk shit, or you want to get it on? Let's get it on.
1: Yeah. Let's just and get the it invite. On. The invite remains open, but obviously Ahmed, when when this thing was going on the last couple of weeks with you and Booker, it kind of got into the the wrestling news, as I'm sure you've seen, and people were weighing in on their opinions and i just seen about an hour ago before the show started i sent this to jack and dutch mantel weighed in on the situation on his podcast yeah and he said he said that um vince mcmahon back in the wwf asked him to train you and help you in the ring and then he also went on to say that if this was a real fight booker would kick the shit out of ahmed but I wish you well. Any response (laughs) to that?
2: (laughs) Oh, man. First of all, I don't remember Dutch Mantel coming to me, asking me anything about training. Vince never told me that he had me want him to train me. You know, if I would have wanted anybody to train me, it probably would have been Al Snow. But, you know, outside of Al Snow, there was nobody that I, I would want to train me. And especially not Dutch Mantell, so I don't know where he got off with his comments at. But if I ever see him, we're gonna have a talk too. We will have a talk if I ever see him. Cause I don't know how he got involved in this. A booker T well, the floor me, please. Booker T couldn't speak for me if I gave him a broom. Please.
0: Well, when when you add uh the comments of Mark Henry in, in into the mix as well, um it, it seems to me to be extraordinarily um you know mean spirited and unfortunate, you know, give, given the fact that uh there there's been a lot of a lot of time in between when when you worked uh together. And it's it's something that is that is equally, I guess, disappointing that. Um, at least with with respect to Booker and I understand he has his reasons or, or whatnot from his own perspective that he wouldn't take advantage of an opportunity to to clear the air and it, it right. makes you it makes you wonder why um you know two legendary figures would 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 be involved in something uh, like this when one is is doing all the sniping and and not not uh, at least trying to in a a non-adversarial way, solve whatever, squash the beef. Right. And it's just, like I said, if he took
2: that comments and totally took them out of content, what I was saying, I should have explained myself. I was saying I was overweight. We all know that. I was overweight. I mean, I couldn't breathe. It was, I had no business in the ring, man. No business in the ring with, with somebody like Booker T anyway. Because, I mean, he's, you know, very athletic, very driven. And um, I had no business being in the ring with him. But now you're talking about in the streets, a street fight. I don't think there'd be no spin-roonies in a street fight. And now and, and that's a totally different ball game. the streets from the ring. And his brother would tell him that I'm used to the streets. I'm used to getting down in the streets. So, you know, whatever you think about that, so be it.
0: So if if, if he's not going to show today, he, he said that he won't meet you to engage in combat, he, he's declined to uh, participate today in this, what would, uh, you know, notwithstanding the fact that you could very well likely be under the same roof at some time, in which he said uh, there would be no legal ramifications, it would be on. But what what would you say to uh, Booker if if this is going to just continue to to be be out there? Well, it's going
2: to continue being a problem. We're going to have to talk about it if he wants to talk about it. But if not, you know, like I said, as long as you keep my name out of his mouth, I'll keep my name my, his name out of my mouth. It's no big deal to me. More way together we need to go street with it, or we can go like two gentlemen with it
1: exactly maurice yeah one one thing i always wanted to ask you Ahmed, and we kind of got lost in translation the last few shows with all this stuff going on with booker etc but how much would it mean to you to have your Acknowledgements um, represented in the WWE Hall of Fame someday.
2: Um, You know what? It would be okay, but when you got people like Donald Trump and comedians and all them in the Hall of Fame, really, what kind of Hall of Fame is it? You know, it should just be for wrestlers and wrestlers only. But you know, I, I don't. I don't know what kind of hall of fame it would be and even some of the writers should be in there like i don't know if you guys know bill abner yeah bill abner should be, you know be in, he's done a lot for the business and if it wasn't for the magazines and the other people who write about it then we would be nothing
0: yep. yeah excellent point in in terms of recent news as well uh I, you you probably read or saw that uh, Rock uh, returned to uh, WWE and and had a little bit of a, a deal with uh, Jinder Mahal and is uh, you know supposedly going to be uh, in the mix for WrestleMania again. I, I'm assuming that's that's true. And I know that you uh, worked with him as well in the Nation uh, setup in the WWF. Just, just wanted to know your memories of that, and whether you saw, you know, the potential that he would be probably the one of the top box office draws in Hollywood.
2: No, but he needed to be on his knees thanking God because I, I never seen it coming, and um, but I can't take nothing from him. To do the dude's a hell of a performer, a hell of a performer, and I mean, in the ring, out the ring, you know, even his acting is good, but. I, there's nothing I can take away from The Rock. I mean, The Rock, you know, is rock. But the People's Champion on the people Belt came from me first. When I won the Intercontinental Belt, first thing I said was I'm the People's Champion. And you can go back on tapes and look at it. And then he started saying he was the people Champion. No, no, no hatred there whatsoever. Just that I started that and then he filled in with it.
1: Another thing from your career, Ahmed, I was looking at earlier was the eight Cup Now we kind of focused on the outside the ring stuff last time from it. But then when I was looking back through the records, like, and you had a hell of a run over there, beating guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, Owen Hart. What memories do you have inside the ring from that tournament? And I just seen earlier, we beat Stone Cold Steve Austin with the Spinebuster in a very aggressive match.
2: How The the, the memories I have of him?
1: Yeah. Triple
2: H, uh, Triple H. When I was in the ring with him, I was really, really green. He was like one of my first matches. And he guided me through the match. He called the match. He guided me through it. And, you know, I'll never take that from him. But, you know, uh, then I, I got to team up with the Warrior and Shawn Michaels. Well, would have been the Warrior, but, you know, he left and instead stepped in. But um, it, it was a pretty good run, man. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the run. I enjoyed wrestling with him. I enjoyed wrestling Triple H because he was calling stuff ring, like a ring general, and, and he was on point with everything he called. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was great.
1: Do you have any memories of working with, with Steve Austin then? Because you guys had a few matches, and one of them was in, as a reference, Kuwait. Do you have any memories of Steve?
2: Yeah, in Kuwait, we had a match. It was, it was funny more than anything. As Steve does some you know really funny stuff in the ring. Got to make you laugh if you know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? And um, we had a, a great match in Kuwait. Now, at that time, we were supposed to wrestle in the WWL. When uh, he gave me the Stone Cold Stunner. And I was supposed to have a match with him. I don't know why that dissolved, but that didn't happen. I wish it would, have, because it would have been it would have been a good show.
0: One of one of the uh, perennial controversial uh, characters uh, involved, uh, you know, on the periphery of wrestling today, but whom you had uh, professional interactions with was Jim Cornette and his uh, Camp Cornette stable. And I know you often team with Shawn Michaels uh against his charges. What what were those uh experiences like for you? And did you have a relationship uh per se with uh, Cornett?
2: No, I didn't have any relationship with Cornette because I had heard about him even before I got there, you know. I got the word out on him and uh he I don't he just not somebody I want to be acquainted with at all at all you know and uh i don't know what his problem is you know because we, we never interacted with each other
1: yeah i think i think sorry john i think he's referenced you before in a negative light on his on his podcast as well yeah. something i think i heard um it could have been a few years ago now but it i heard it maybe a couple of weeks back
2: Yeah, I I don't know what his problem is because we never interacted at all. The only time I seen Cornette was when we had that match with Yoko, Bulldog, and Owen. Outside of that, I never spoke a word to him.
0: Yeah. What was it like uh, with that team with uh, Shawn Michaels uh, in terms of your your chemistry with him?
2: It was was a good match. We had good chemistry going, man. It was a real good match. You know, it was me, him, and Sid. But I, I, the Warriors was supposed to be there, and I prayed that Warrior was going to be there. But he couldn't come to an agreement with the, I guess, the money situation. So he left. And then he brought Sid in. But, you know, Sid's a good feel-in. You mm-hmm. know, Sid it, it's over big time. Uh, Sid Vicious has always been a cool guy with me, man. Always been down to earth. And I got nothing, nothing negative about Sid Vicious.
1: I one of the things I seen recently, Tony, was the um, the promo that you done uh, with Sunny backstage. I think you shared it on your personal <laughs> social medias there a couple of weeks back. What do you think of the way everything ended up for her? Like, obviously, you know she's in jail now, and she went on a a bad path. What was your kind of experience like with her and? Are you surprised that she went that low?
2: Well, like I told done it, said on the interview. My mom always told me to take trash out, don't bring it in. And uh <laughs> Sonny, she ended up just like I thought she was gonna end that man. I thought she was gonna end up with AIDS or something. Because, you know, guys sleep, sleep around with. I thought she was gonna catch HIV. But um, you know, 17 years, I was gonna think that's enough.
0: I mean, you killed her. How old was the guy that she killed? 78, I think. Like, mid 70s, I think, yeah.
2: Man, a mid dude had lived like that long. He was somebody's father, he was somebody's grandfather, he was somebody's brother, and somebody's husband. And you took that all away from him because like you want to drink and drive, which isn't the first time that she's been cited for drinking and driving. And you take that and you kill somebody. In 17 years, I don't see that being enough. Because with good behavior, it should probably be out in half that time. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Looking looking early into your career, you uh, which I have some questions about, you worked uh, a lot or, or sometime in Texas in that territory. And uh, had, had some matches in the Sportatorium that I um, can ask you about. Did you happen to catch the uh, Von Erich uh, movie, The Iron Claw, that has, you know, done so well in the box office? And if you did, your thoughts on that. But more generally, your experience working in, in Texas right uh, in the shadow of that uh, Von Eric dynasty in the 80s.
2: Yeah, no, I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm definitely going to go see it. But um, I met David. Bon Eric, I think his name's Dave on Eric. I met him and uh he was a, a good guy, man. He was really a good guy. You know, and it, it's just tragic the way everything happened, man. It's it's like
0: like they had a curse over them or something, you know? hmm Yeah, that's that's what they've said. In terms of the sportatorium itself, what uh what uh we, we've heard a lot about the state of the building at the time. Uh, were, were they drawing at the time uh, that, that you were there for Global or uh, was it in somewhat of a state of disarray? Yeah, they was drawing
2: for Global. I mean, they was you know, packing the house out. you know, when I was there for Global, but, you know, they some, nobody would take care of the building, man. Mm. They just let it just, just lapidate and just go to waste like they did, man. And that, I hate when they got rid of it, sold it, man, because that was the homework for everybody. That's somebody in wrestling.
0: If you're somebody in wrestling, you somebody wrestling, thank you can't keep a sport tournament. Yes, sir. Were you under the impression that uh, Joe Petticino had a, a big backer and uh, the the company was was going to be a, a huge deal? And then when it didn't go that way, there were there was a lot of uh, disappointed people. Did did you hear that at the time that he had major funding?
2: Yeah, I I heard that he had got a big backer behind him and um i guess that wasn't true Mm-mm. you know but he was telling everybody how he had this big backer behind him and everything was going good and you know they were going to fix up the locker room to pick up the auditorium and none of that ever happened
1: so we are 25 minutes away from the end of the show and uh there's no sign of Mr. Huffman, as Ahmed refers to him as, so we'll just we'll continue on with the questions as normal. Um, Tony, uh, one man I never got to ask you about Lex Luger. What was he like inside and outside the ring? I know he worked in WCW together. Or who? Lex Luger. I I never really got to
2: talk to Lex, man. We talked one time about you know our slam in Yokozuna, and Yokozuna only weighed five hundred something pounds when Luger did it. When I did, he weighed 700. And, you know, we talked about that a little bit. But outside of that, we, you know, I really didn't communicate with, with Lex. I mean, he seems to be a good guy.
0: I don't I don't know anything mad about him. Jack? We have a, a fan question here uh, from a super fan. Can you talk about the rib when Davey did the stink bomb live on Raw?
2: Oh, Okay, they are on. I don't know which one of them clowns did it, but they always <laughs> ribbed me, man. And um, I had my, what was going to be my fiance parents up in the press box, you know, watching the matches. And so I go back to the locker room after my match, getting dressed, and all of a sudden, I smell something like dog dookie. And I'm like, where'd that smell coming from? And... They started laughing, and then come to find out, Yoko told me they put a stink bomb in, in my suitcase. And so I had to go up there and meet them smelling like dog poop. And I don't know what they thought about me or what they think about me today, but you know, I never asked them, but I don't know what they think about me now. I don't think that was me smelling like that.
0: Did you, did you ever get... uh uh, ribbed uh by by either of them uh other than that or were oh, privy to any
2: man they they ribbed me a lot and and brett hart told me he said oh man don't get upset if they're ribbing you he said because owen and on only rib are the people they like if they don't like you they won't mess with you they won't rib you at all said, but if they like you they start running ribs on you and um one time i think i told the story before when um, we had WrestleMania in California. And I'm sitting in my room, my phone rings, I answer my phone, and it's David Litterman show. So I'm all happy, man, talking to Dave and answering all these questions. I'll call him on how long I've been in the business, so on and so forth. And he said, Well, we'd like to have you on the show tomorrow night. And I was like, Man, this is unbelievable. You know, Dave, David Leno show. So I went out and brought me a new suit, brought me some new shoes, some jewelry. I was looking good, man. And I'm <laughs> standing outside, and the limo's supposed to be there at 8 o'clock. I'm looking at my watch. And it's 8 o'clock, and then, oh, and the day comes out. And they start talking about, where are you going? Looking like that. I said, I got Dave's limo showed show tonight. And they said you got Jay Jay Leno tonight. I said, yeah, I got Jay Leno tonight. And uh, they said, well, you're the Mizzou. Be here eight o'clock, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah, I was supposed to be at eight o'clock. And I was like, wait a minute, how did you know? my Limo was coming at eight o'clock. And when I said that, they just bust out laughing, man. Brett came out and he was laughing, filming the butchers. They got me good, man. <laughs> good. I had called everybody that I know. Told him to look at Jake Leno's show, <laughs> and it was it was them that called my room. Come back, <laughs> it was it was embarrassing, man. That's awesome.
1: That's t- timeless, timeless. Um, yeah, oh, do you have any awesome, <laughs> do you have any memories of um Mick Foley? I know he was there in the in the late nineties when you were in the WWF as well.
2: Not really. I mean, I I didn't, you know, once again, one guy that I didn't really associate with, Nick Fowler. I mean, no certain reason. I just never, you know, found the time or or we were never in a situation where, you know, we used to sit down and have a talk.
1: Boom. Was there there anyone, like, I know you're you're not wrestling anymore, but you're looking back on your career. Was there anyone that you wish you did get in the ring with, but never got a chance to?
2: I would have liked to gotten in the ring with Goldberg because, you know, he had that somewhat intensity. Not a deep mind, but he had somewhat of an intense. Uh, Goldberg, um, even now, i like to I'd gotten in the ring with Brock Lesnar. I would have loved to have a match with Brock Lesnar. I think that would have been a hell of a match. Probably wouldn't a shoot match, but it had been a hell of a match. And um, see it. I, I would have liked to if Russell see it. Me and Sid never tied up, and I don't know why. I think that would have been a, a good big man match. But we never got to you know get in the ring and, and get it on. So Sid's another one.
0: Old school fans uh asked about about this one, um, and it's kind of a, a deep cut, but you won the USWA title from Jerry Lawler in the Mid South uh Coliseum. And yeah. uh, about '95, what what was that like uh, for you, given the the history not only of Lawler but the the, the oodles of wrestling history in that Mid South Coliseum?
2: Man, that was great, man! Winning the belt from Lawler and doing Lawler had me slam him ten times in a row. Wow, He got up, slamming, boom. Got up again, slamming, boom. Ten times in a row until you know he couldn't get up no more and then you know i pinned demon it was it was a very good match man and it was an honor of being in the ring with you know one of the ring generals there was a, a honor
0: what happened with
2: forgetting about that when i talk about my belt i keep forgetting about the, the memphis belt
0: yeah it's it's a big deal what happened with that uh that uh, situation where you're going to have a long run or, or how was that uh, uh, laid out for you for at Memphis yeah, for the USWA? Yeah. The title.
2: Uh, no, it was, um, I don't think it was meant to be a long run. It was something that um, Vince wanted me to do to go get more training, I believe down to mm-hmm. Memphis. So that's why he sent me down there. And I had no idea that I was going to fight Lala for the belt until I got there. And then I didn't wow. know I was going to win the belt. And you know, he he did a, a great honor in putting you know putting my name up in that Memphis belt history book. Mm,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah, my my good friend there, Niall, he runs the Upper Tier Podcast on YouTube, has a question there, and he says, do you have any good Road Warrior stories?
2: You no, know, War- Road Warrior, man, when I was there... Um, I'm, is it Road Warriors or Ultimate Warriors? What are you talking about?
0: Hawk and Animal. Hawk and Animal. Oh,
2: Hawk and Animal. Hawk was, was, was my man. That was my man. And, uh, you know, we went out to, to eat together. We rolled together. We went to um, matches together. He, he would have matches. He was booked, and he didn't want to take Animal. So he took me as a tag team partner on a bunch of matches. And uh we I just enjoyed him, man. I enjoyed Hawk. Animal wasn't as sociable with Hawk was. You know, Hawk, you give him a beer and give him something to drink and he'll tell you his life story. So yeah, Hawk,
0: I, I enjoyed Hawk, man. Mm-hmm. Got a another fan question, coincidentally enough. Uh the aforementioned uh comments from Dutch Mantelli, he he sort of in a roundabout way talked about this, but why did your uh double J Jeff Jarrett feud uh I, I guess he's saying come short but got cut short?
2: Um I I really don't know. I don't know. I mean, like I said, even with Jeff Jarrett, I was I was green, new to the business, and Jeff Jarrett was one of the first guys I got, one of the first guys I got to wrestle. And um I don't know, you know, if, if he appreciated me being so green, and I don't know if he went and told Vince something or what. I don't, I don't know what situation it was, but you know, Jeff Jarrett was a hell of a performer, and I was just learning. I was just while I was there, man? I was just soaking up as much as I could.
1: Another fan question: There was any memories of working against Terry Funk in WCW? I believe you guys, you guys, worked a match there together. The late terry funk
2: yeah i got the wrestle one of my first matches was against terry and dory funk and uh brother they lay it in there they lay it in there their punches were were on the money their chops were on the money and when they laid it in there you know they laid it in you know these two guys that can really brawl in the streets if they had to
0: mm-hmm. Another another sort of uh, you know legendary figure that 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 you had an opportunity to work with early, sorry, not sort of a legendary figure that you had uh, an opportunity to work with early in um, the WWF uh, your respective tenures was uh, Glenn Jacobs Kane who was uh, the dentist at the time Isaac Yankem. Do you have any uh, recollections of of that? Because talk about a good big man encounter.
2: Yeah, he was, Kane was, with Kane, I, I didn't come at the time, but he was very light, man, on his feet. He, he was a good guy to work with because he was light on his feet. His punches, you didn't feel anything. Uh, clothes lines, you didn't feel anything. I mean, he was a, a great worker, man. Kane was a, a super good worker. And um, I wrestled him when he was, I didn't come, and I wrestled him again when he was Kane. Don so Kane, it was he got to just choke slamming. And that was about far the match went, you know.
1: <laughs> what do you think? And I know this is kind of off topic, but on topic. I was watching President or ex President Donald Trump on stage yesterday endorsing Kane, and then he ended up talking about the Undertaker. Is that a bit wild or what?
2: Did he? Yeah. 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 Wow. No, I didn't. I didn't know that, man.
1: But, you know, was he Kane Cain, Cain, Cain is the mayor of Knoxville now. Uh, yeah. And he's a big Trump supporter. And he was doing oh, really? some speech. And then, and then and then Trump was giving his props to Mayor Mayor Jacobs, otherwise known as Cain.
2: Well, you know, Trump knows that Kane and I think I had a bunch of fans. So Trump was going to jump on that bandwagon with him to try to get their fans to vote for them, you know, but um, no, I didn't, I didn't see that show. I wish I would have.
1: I'll send it to you later.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those bizarre world moments to quote Jerry Lawler where uh, wrestling uh, and uh, reality uh, intersect. And it, it's definitely, uh, definitely something, something to see. But I, I wanted to ask you about uh, your program in uh, 95 against uh, in the NWA in, uh, in Texas against uh, Bradshaw, who would become, you know, JBL. And uh, right. if you have any thoughts on that, because, uh, you know, hard, renowned for his hard hitting snug style, as were <laughs> as were you. Brother, we
2: got in there
0: and I didn't
2: know he was going to shoot. During the match, but it was. If you ever get that tape, watch it, man, because this one hell of a shoot match. I mean, he came in with that cold line, Larry, he does, you know, and he hit me hard. And so I shot him back a rope. I gave him a kick that should have took his head off, but didn't. But we did it with respect, you know what I'm saying? I mean, after the match, we were still boys. We were back there laughing at each other, and he was, he's definitely a shooter, brother. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a hard hitter.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who Who was the hardest hitters, Ahmed? When you look back at your your time in the in the wrestling business, like I know you like to work with hard hitters. So who were some of those guys that you that like to give a bit and you could give back to them?
2: Who was the hard hitters? Yeah, Vader. <laughs> Without any doubt, Vader, man. When I got near Vader, he came in the locker room during a match before a match started. He came in the locker room. He said, Hey, brother. He said, You know I love you. He said, But I'm gonna hit you. So hit me back. And I thought he was just joking. I'm like, he's not gonna hit me hard. You know, please. Them little better things he do in the corner when he gets in the corner, hit you his forms. Man, I thought he was gonna knock me out. So we had a, a good shoot match, and once again, it was one of them matches where we go to the back. And we respect each other. In fact, we rode together that night and stayed at the same hotel all that night. And uh, Vader was 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 a shooter man. If you've ever seen one, the only thing I didn't like about Vader was when them young guys come in the jobbers. He would shoot on them, and you know these kids are trying to make it, man. they're these young kids trying to get in the business, and I don't think you know I don't think that was right to shoot on them like that.
1: He caused a lot of injuries, I think, um, to guys that we've talked to and friends of guys that we've talked to on this show. So that's that's unfortunate. Did you ever feel that someone ever came to try and deliberately injure you during a match before?
2: Um, Farouk. Farouk, yeah. yeah. Um, Was
1: that when the rib injury?
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he finally admitted on podcast that he was jealous of me. He said it. He said, I was jealous of him. He said, you know, I've been in the business for 12, 14 years. And here this kid just comes into business after one year. And he becomes the first African-American champion in history within the Continental Belt. And um, then, you know, after we had that match, and then I, I gave him some payback. I gave him his receipt during the street brawl with me and the Road Warriors. I took him and to slammed him through the table hard and it fractured his ribs. But it was, you know, you got to give him receipt if they, hey, if they hit you hard, you got to give him a receipt. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the rest of the boys going you think you're punk.
1: And are you, are you guys on good terms now then, all these years later?
2: Well, yeah, Farouk is, 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 I mean, you know, he has some stuff to say, but Farouk is... I've I've always liked Peru. I I still like him. You know, after we got over that hump, you know, of him kicking my, my kidney like that and rushing my kidney, after that, we became real good friends.
0: One, uh, speaking of uh, legendary figures that that you teamed with early in your career about 94 was uh, the Junkyard Dog. And I'm I'm just wondering if you have any memories of that and what advice, uh, if any, he he gave you, uh, given all the success that he had in the business.
2: Junkyard Dog, and and, and I tagged up a few times at, at these little house shows. And um, his best advice to me was, and I didn't heed it, I didn't take notice of it. He said, uh, big man, he said, let me tell you something. He said, quit diving over the ropes and quit doing all that, you know, high-flying stuff. He said, because I'm telling you right now, in 10 years, your back's going to be messed up, your knees going to be messed up. And he was right. But At the time, I was a young buck, you know, So I'm saying what this old man know about you know me he don't know nothing about me just because you got hurt i mean i'm gonna get hurt you know and and he was on the money with it man i hate when he passed away Mm
0: -hmm. we have a another fan question here from levi asking your thoughts on abdul the butcher trying to keep other black wrestlers out of japan or other african americans trying to keep other black wrestlers out of the territories
2: um i know a little bit about that i don't know i didn't know i do butcher was doing that you know but it's sad man because like i said it's like crabs in a barrel as soon as you get up they pull you back down so i mean i don't know about abdul butcher i, I don't even know abdul butcher i know him from tv but personally i, I never met him and if, if he was doing that man that's that's sad but he's correct in the other Black Rass not wanting you to be on top. He is correct about that.
0: Why do you think that is? Just uh, aside from all the jealousy that uh, given your how hot you were in the WWF, do you, do you have any thoughts on why that would be a phenomenon?
2: You know, it's, it's like you said, comes down to jealousy. It comes down to them wanting to be number one. You know what I'm saying? Like when I got to WWF, I believe I was the only black guy there when I first got there. And, um, you know, it was it was kind of weird, you know, being the only black guy in, the, in that business at the time. And uh, it's, it's sad. And I welcome, you know, other black wrestlers to come. Like, you know, I brought a bunch of jobbers in for WWF you know, a bunch of um, my friends, I burn them in the jobbers and they got to perform. You know, they just didn't perform to Vince's liking. But I did bring them up and bring them in there so they can get a, a look at, you know, and get a shot. But that is very, very true. Extremely true.
1: We've got about five minutes left on the show. And obviously, uh, as you can see on the screen there, Booger T isn't showing up. He's scared, so I'm guessing like that. This we're going to kind of close the book on this Booker stuff for now, Ahmed. Obviously, unless unless he starts talking, as you said again. So, like in summary, then just to kind of summarize everything that's went on over the last six weeks or so, um, any final thoughts?
2: Yeah, I tell you what, if we would have been have a match in WWF. We would have made a lot of money because, I mean, so many people was hitting us up about this. I got so many hits about you and Booker T, you and Booker T, other professional wrestlers weighing in, you and Booker T, you and Booker T. You know, and it, it would have made a lot of money. It would have made us a lot of money. But, uh, you know, like I said, as long as he got nothing to say about me, I got nothing to say about him.
0: Well, I think uh, Ahmed that you you should be um, commended for uh, speaking out in your own defense and uh, speaking your truth. Uh, a lot of people um, have commented that uh, it, it can be somewhat of a one sided discourse because Booker has had uh, you know the WWE machine behind him for yes. for how many years you you've been doing your own thing uh away from the business and yet when you're disrespected you 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 know courageously stepped up and and uh you know utilized this forum to say your piece and and for that i think uh, i think you have uh, a, a victory a moral and ethical victory and it's just unfortunate that um you know booker didn't take advantage of the opportunity to set the record straight and squash this because life is short. But um, again, I think I think you this is a W in the column for yourself.
2: Yeah, I, I, I wish you came on and debated, too. But uh, if he debated, probably he's probably going to do it on his podcast. But I wish you came on and debated. But, you know, you can organize that. You know, he, he did what he done, you know, had to say, and I done and said what I had to say. And um, from there, man, it, it, it just goes on. Life goes on, brother.
1: Yeah. Now that, now that you mentioned his podcast, his his co-host actually said on that show that he would be happy to moderate that conversation. Isn't that what he said, Jack? So that was kind of alluding to you going on their podcast, which we can try and make happen. If that's something they want to do, we'll see. But for the moment, we'll close the Booker T, so to speak.
2: Yeah, if I did that though, I would want one of you guys to narrating it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not just his people narrating it, you know, because they can make you look bad. But I, I want to bring my own people in to ask me questions and then to do things, you know, and ask them questions and do things.
0: It, it's yeah. funny, funny you said that, uh, Abed. Uh, that's exactly what uh, Maurice and I said when uh, that comment was made by his co host that, that that would be a not exactly uh you know, an equal situation. So once again, if they're listening or uh, find this uh, later, uh, we, we would be happy to work with uh, Booker T and his his team to arrange uh, a moderated debate, but uh, it would be uh, in an equitable fashion. And once again, despite, I think another area that you need some props for is the fact that you haven't, Sunk to the level of the name calling and, and vitriol and hyperbole that that no. Booker has, so that that shows you take the high road and you're a class act. So if if there ever is an opportunity for a, a moderated, non adversarial uh, debate, uh, we'll we'll most definitely do our part to assist in that happening.
2: Right, and I I want to you know, and I'm I'm proud of the two we really haven't got involved. You know, I guess he, you know, I used to be his best friend and Booker's his brother. So he kind of stayed out of it. Night, I, I kind of, you know, applaud him for that. You know, every man for yeah. himself, basically. And um, people don't know the connection Miss Stevie had. I mean, we done did. We done gotten in so many fights together, man, with people. You know, and uh, we came out to win the side every time.
1: And, uh, I've had Stevie on the show as well. He's a gentleman, gentleman. Huh? I've had Stevie on my show, and he's a gentleman. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. He um, that Stevie Ray man, he he let you know it's gonna be, and he just lives life day by day, you know. So you have to give him his props, man.
0: Yeah. Well fans uh i think we're we're going to end this broadcast unfortunately it wasn't the debate for all time or a legendary debate but again major kudos to ahmed for uh his his actions here and we will leave the door open potentially in the future for something else but Want to thank you, Ahmed, for your your time and uh, your your generosity in terms of coming on and discussing your career with us on a couple of occasions. We very much appreciate it, and we'll stay in touch with you, of course.
2: Hey, and I appreciate you guys, man, for you know narrating this and you know trying to get to the bottom of it because most podcast guys don't. You guys and uh, Monty. I, I really appreciate you guys trying to get to the bottom of it. And like I said, I think it was because I told somebody about to ask that I would and book or whatever, but they took it totally wrong. Sandbagging means I'm, I'm putting the blame on me because I was one not in shape. I was the one that couldn't breathe and I was the one that couldn't remember what we called in the ring. I mean, it, it was, you know, my fault.
0: Before we go, let's uh, let's plug that RussellCon again and uh, let the folks know where they can keep up with you online.
2: Okay, um, RussellCon with dates, RussellCon.
1: It's the first weekend of April, Saturday and Sunday. I'll get the exact dates now, but it's in Philly, Saturday and Sunday. Um, I'll just get the exact. You you carry on, and Tony and I'll get it.
2: Okay. Well, uh, come make sure you come out, and Russell. Ahmed Johnson and. Psycho, Sid, and Kurt Angle. We'll all be at the table together. So come out there and check us out and get your autograph signed and have a good time. April 6th and 7th. Okay. April 6th and 7th. Philadelphia. So come out there and have WrestleMania a
1: good time. weekend. Uh huh. WrestleMania weekend. There'll be 100,000 yeah. fans around. Yeah. Well,
2: come out. I would love to meet you guys, man. Uh, you know, that I've met, that I've been nothing but a gentleman. Even the promoters that, you know, promote the events that I go for, they always call me back because they say, you know, they can't believe how much of a gentleman I am. In fact, like they believe in the bull crap that was said over the internet. You know, oh, I'm mean. He's this, he's that. He's this. That was for the business. I'm not like that in real, real life. But some people can't separate real life from the business. And um, But come on out and meet me. You'll see for yourself.
0: So fans, we're going to wrap up this edition, this special edition of the Cheap Pete Productions Wrestling Podcast. We want to once again thank Ahmed Johnson for his time. Check him out. If you're anywhere near the area, I know I'm considering a trip down to WrestleCon to meet the man. And we will keep you updated as to any further developments as they arise. And if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and also notifications so that you don't miss any of the great content Cheap Heat has for you in 2024. For Maurice, I'm Jack Kilby. Take care, everybody. Have a nice day.